The South African Jewish Board of Deputies is the organization that engages with the South African government on behalf of the Jewish community. Join Sharice Zephard for the next hour to find out what the SAJBD has been up to. 101.9 High FM. Back in April 2015, I wrote to photojournalist James Otway to commend him and his colleagues on how they tried to save a victim of xenophobic violence. They had witnessed the attack on him and tried to get him to hospital. Unfortunately, the victim died before they could do so. However, James managed to capture the attack on camera and helped expose to the world at large what was happening. Now, six years later, he and acclaimed photojournalist Alon Skye, who too has been awarded and acknowledged for the incredible work that he has done on recording xenophobia, have brought out a book entitled Brother. Brother as in other. It's a visual record of the xenophobic violence that has taken place over South Africa over the past 12 years. They join me now to tell me more. Alon and James, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. So let's start off with your book launch, which is taking place this coming Monday at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. What can we expect? Um, yeah, so it's it's this Monday um, and on to coincide with Human Rights Day, which usually takes place on the 21st, but we're coinciding it on, on the Monday. And we've got um, three guest speakers who will be uh, talking about xenophobia and, uh, and, uh, and about the um, terrible situation that still persists, um, which is Justice Edwin Cameron, uh, Koketso Moeti, and um, Amir Sheikh. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, on Monday. James, will your pictures be on display at all? Yeah, so um, yeah, we've got a couple of pictures on display. So I think what's interesting is that this whole concept of this book actually came about after we had an exhibition, um, which was in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 2018. Sorry, all the years seem to blur into one these days, but... Um, we had an exhibition at the at the Holocaust Center, and you know it was it was very well received. It um, it, it got a lot of uh, you know airtime and created a lot of a, a lot of conversation around xenophobia. And then you know the the time for the exhibition you know ended, and, and you know all the all the prints got packed away, and um, and we thought, geez, that's actually a shame, you know, that all the prints are now packed away in a cupboard and they're gathering dust. So that's when uh, you know someone came up with the idea. Let's let's uh, let's let's do a book. Let's get these pictures um, into a book, and the book can go into libraries, and you know, and the pictures can live there, and 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 thereby keep the conversation going. So that's actually how the book came about. Alon, I remember attending a, an exhibition actually of yours, and if I remember correctly, it was at Constitutional Hill, um, and that was right at the beginning. People were so shocked then. There was such a uh, an outpouring of grief and shock and horror. Um, how do you pl- like see how things have developed over the past twelve years? Yeah, well, so that exhibition took place um, in two thousand and nine. So after the first major outbreak that started kind of the, in the beginning of May um, in two thousand and eight, um, and there was a lot of kind of uh, this ease and a lot of shock at what had happened. And after that, it had quietened down. People thought that it, it actually had, it was, it had run its course. It wasn't going to happen again. But then we saw over the next couple of years, um, kind of a persistent undercurrent of, um, xenophobic sentiment in various areas, which resulted in outbreaks 
kind of in two, uh, again in 2015, again in 2019, and, and those were the big ones that have taken place, which still persists, uh, persists to this day. I mean, two weeks ago, a, a man from Burkina Faso was stabbed in Durban, um, when, um, people looted and set a lot shops, um, yeah, in uh, KwaZulu Natal. So yeah, it is an ongoing problem and we feel that this book is a, a document that kind of attests to the fact that this is real and this has happened and needs to be dealt with. James, when we see the photos, it's mediated between you as the photojournalist, okay? And and some of the photos were horrendous. People being burnt alive have been captured on the lenses. And you, the last time, 2015, well, I don't know the last time, but in 2015, you got involved. You made that move from a photographer, a journalist, to somebody who actively tried to help somebody. And we... Where does one draw the line and how often can that actually happen? That's a quite a difficult question. Um, you know, I think that what happens is it just depends on, um, on whatever the specific situation is. It depends on what side of bed you got out of that morning. Um, you know, it depends on if you had your coffee or not. Uh, I think you, you just, you can't ever um, really know what, what you're going to do in a certain situation. And, and you, and you might not do the same thing twice either. So it's, it's really just, um, how, um, just depends on, on the, the intricacies of, of what exactly is happening. Um, so that particular day, it was, um, I saw this attack happen and it happened very quickly. And, and that's what lots of people don't realize that it was only, uh, it was, uh, it was over in under, uh, under 30 seconds actually. And, and I took pictures and when the attackers noticed me, they did back off. They did, you know, it, I, I did interrupt them. And then, um, you know, I didn't realize how badly, you know, Satole was injured at the time and he actually walked away. And I thought, okay, maybe it's just superficial wounds. It was only when a couple of, um, you know, maybe a minute or two later, someone actually shouted to me that um, the man has fallen down. There's nothing else to, that could be done, really, as a human being. Um, we couldn't just stand there around uh, and, and watch him, you know, in, in agony. So that's when um, myself and my colleague, you know, took the decision to just get him into the car and try and get him to medical, um, you know, a medical facility as quickly as possible. Um, and we tried our best, and unfortunately, it wasn't good enough. What James talks about is something you experience. Every single day as a photojournalist, you are there at the scene of whatever tragedy is actually unfolding. And how do you as photojournalists cope with the trauma? Yeah, I think um, we've both been doing it a very long time and you develop uh, mechanisms to cope with, with what you see. I mean, you have to in order to, to effectively do the job. I mean, obviously it, it does affect us. Um, I speak for myself, it does affect me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's about you, you need to address these issues when they crop up, speak to people if you are having a hard time. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's something that we are passionate about doing. And it's, it's a cost of, of covering these things. And often the people that are, are on the receiving end of such attacks, um, go through a lot more. Yeah, you know, in, in a way, um, photojournalists are like, a, I don't know what the correct word is. I don't want to say like a subgenre of journalists. And there does seem to be, is there a camaraderie between you? Do you provide support for each other? Well, I think, um, if you, 
are in high intensity situations, there is a, a different level of kind of a bonding between people. And it is a small community, uh, quite close knit. And I think, yeah, there are there, not always, but sometimes there's opportunity to discuss things that have happened. Yeah. James, obviously the reason you do what you do is because you are exposing it to the world. There, there's, a, there's a purpose in what you do. And we've seen photojournalists in South Africa have this important role to play to, 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 because cliched as it may be, a picture does paint a thousand words. Um, what role do you think we, you as photojournalists do have? And to what extent are you continuing? And to what extent is that your driving? Yeah. So I think the, 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 the really powerful thing about photojournalism is that it's, it has an immediate effect. You know, when, when the viewer sees a picture, they can immediately, um, kind of see themselves uh, possibly in that situation. It always uh, allows the viewer to, it transports them into that situation and they're, they're able to see exactly um, what's happening. And I think that, you know, that that helps people to understand, um, you know, issues. So, for example, I'd see a, a lot of um, or, or read, in-depth articles explaining xenophobia uh, and, and the reasons and, you know, and how it takes place and all of that, which is brilliant. But if you see a picture um, of, of, of xenophobic violence happening it immediately, it's, it's kind of an, an immediate understanding of, of the issue. But it puts faces onto some of these bigger issues. And, and it's not only xenophobia, it can be you know, it can be, for example, COVID-19. We've seen very powerful um, photojournalism, you know, studying COVID-19. It just, it really, it, it puts, it, put, it puts human faces on, on issues and it helps people to, you know, relate to the people that are affected by, by these issues. And it's just about, you know, taking pretty pictures, you know, that's what some people don't understand when they hear that I'm a photographer. Uh, and then I tell them about some of the pictures that I take. They get taken and, and I sometimes say my job is not to go and take pictures of, you know, pretty sunsets and, and that kind of thing. It's to take pictures of things that, uh, that you don't want to look at, that you, that you don't understand and to show you these things so that you can stand the world, uh, more accurately. I imagine there's a lot of adrenaline that also accompanies going onto a shoot, and every day you must actually leave the home with a sense of intrepidation, or not really. Well, I think there's working at a newspaper. There's a lot of different um, genres and assignments and topics, issues that you cover, from portraiture to fashion to court cases. So there, there is that. Uh, softer element um, where there's not very highly charged situations and so it's it, it balances out I feel but um, yeah when there when there are a lot of action when there is a lot of action happening there you do have that those hard adrenaline um, situations yeah James the first question I actually should have asked you is how do you pronounce the name of your book yeah it's just brother that's how you pronounce it um, you know we, we decided that you to, to try and and show uh, the absurdity of, you know, the xenophobic violence that we would uh, put brackets around the BR um, and just so that visually you can see there's a barrier between, you know, um, two human beings as close as, as brothers, you know, it's, it's a symbolic sort of uh, representation of it's, it's your one minute, your brothers, the next minute, it's your, the other, 
And um, and that's really what what struck me most about xenophobic violence. We had neighbors who had been living next to each other for years, whose children played together, um, suddenly turning on on each other um, and you know committing the most brutal acts against against their neighbors. So it's really it's 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 just completely senseless. We decided that that, that would be an interesting way to you know to show that symbolically by using the word other within brother. So this the book Brother, which is a visual record of the xenophobic violence that has swept through South Africa, is available in bookshops. It will be officially launched this coming Monday, the twenty second of March, at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center in partnership with the Rosa Luxemburg Stifting and Jakarta Media. You do need to book. Um it is a uh, RSVP, you can contact the Holocaust and Genocide Center. If anybody would like to get hold of any of you, is there anything they should do, Alon and James? Well, there's a, a website that should be live soon in the next, that, that um, links to the book. And there's a uh, comments page there. So that should be live on uh, Monday. To both of you, Alon and James, thank you so much for joining me. Um, that was Alon Sky and James Otway, both award-winning journalists um, who are launching their book, Brother, this coming Monday. Thanks, Cherise. Thanks for having us.